faith and counseling malpractice on this edition of Truth and Love. I'm Heath Lambert, and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions for the problems that people face. In exactly two weeks, the annual conference of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors will be happening in Jacksonville, Florida. The name of our conference is Faithfully Protestant Biblical Counseling and the Reformation. And what we want to do is spend three days together in Jacksonville with people from all over the world talking about how it is the themes of the Protestant Reformation that undergird biblical counseling and that separate it from other forms of counseling. In advance of that annual conference, I wrote a document called 95 Theses for an Authentically Christian Approach to Counseling to sort of discuss what biblical counseling is and how it's different from other approaches to counseling that Christians try to undertake. And in the last couple of weeks, we've been focusing on those theses on the podcast. Last week, we looked at uh, Thesis 72 and Thesis 73, which talk about biblical counselors and state licensure. This week, I want to look at the 62nd thesis, and here is what it says. Because the most significant problem people have is God's displeasure regarding their sin, and since it is impossible to please God without faith, counselors who do not emphasize faith in Jesus are guilty of the most serious kind of counseling malpractice. That is, of course, a reference to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, that says, Without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. The reason I wrote the thesis to sound like that is to answer a very crucial objection to biblical counselors or to the case that biblical counselors make for their view. I have said in the past in print and when I've been speaking that I really believe the gospel is at stake on the issue of counseling approaches. I believe the gospel is at stake in whether or not we are committed to a biblical counseling approach or whether we adopt an approach to counseling like Christian psychology or integration or something like that. That does not go over really well when people hear it. And there's been a lot of people that have said, well, you're overdoing it. Why do you have to make this about the gospel? Why can't we just say, let's let Christians agree to disagree about some things? And the reality is, is that Christians can agree to disagree about all sorts of things. There's all sorts of things that Christians have different opinions about, but which we would say, hey, we can be in friendly cooperation with one another. Good Christians don't agree on one approach to baptism or one view of the end times or one view of marriage and divorce and remarriage. And so it's not as though uh, we have to draw lines around everything and make it a matter of faithfulness, but I really do believe the gospel is at stake on this issue of counseling, and I want to tell you why. It is ACBC alone. We are the only counseling organization in the world that makes it unethical for a counselor to avoid speaking of Christ in the counseling room. 
to say it in a more positive way, ACBC counselors, counselors who are certified with our organization, are required to speak of Jesus Christ in the counseling room, to point to him, to lift him high, and to ground him as the sole source of change that God approves. Every other counseling approach makes speaking of Jesus either forbidden or optional. We can think of the secular requirements for counseling licensure that exist in state boards across the country. Very many states require Christians to avoid proselytizing or to avoid speaking of Jesus, to avoid sharing their faith in the counseling room. Even within Christian circles, the largest Christian organizations that try to standardize counseling care make a sharing of the gospel optional and based on advised consent. They would say, you're not allowed to speak of Jesus, you're not allowed to speak of the Bible without getting informed consent from someone. The big problem with that, as we've mentioned on podcasts before, is that Jesus Christ does not require his followers to get permission from people who are not his followers before speaking of him. In fact, Jesus says we must speak of him. He requires us to fulfill the Great Commission. Jesus says, if you are ashamed of me and my words, then I'll be ashamed of you. And so one problem with this, making it optional to speak of Jesus is that Jesus doesn't make it optional. The other problem is that Jesus really is the solution to every problem. Now, I don't mean that in a simplistic way, as though all we have to do is just say the name of Jesus and hard problems are going to evaporate. That's not what I mean. But I mean, every serious problem, whether it is a problem with a sin struggle or whether it is a problem with a suffering issue, requires Jesus for its resolution. People need Jesus Christ to receive help with their sin. People need Jesus Christ to receive comfort in their pain. And if we don't speak of him, then we won't help people the way they need to be helped. There are, of course, ways that we can give people who struggle with problems various kinds of advice that are devoid of Jesus. We can talk to people who are struggling in their communication and give them communication tips. We can talk with people who are dealing with conflict in their relationships, and we can give them conflict resolution tips. We can give people marital advice, and you can do all those things and never speak of Jesus, and you might even make some of those problems better in some measure. But here's my question, and here's the point of the 60 second thesis. If we can improve people's temporal life, if we can help them have an easier marriage, an easier budget, just an easier way to go as they deal with conflict in their life, but we don't deal with the conflict that exists between them and their creator, then we have never really helped them ultimately and over the long haul. The Bible is clear that you can't please God without faith, and that faith has to be grounded in a person whose name is Jesus. And so if counselors say they want to help people, then they have to speak of Jesus because Jesus is the only way we can please the Lord. And if we decide as counselors we won't really help people, we won't ultimately help people, we're not going to speak of Jesus, then that is a counseling failure, and that is counseling malpractice. And we see that this has everything to do with the Protestant Reformation, with Christ alone, with faith alone, and with really helping people. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. 
If you'd like more information about the 95 Theses for an authentically Christian approach to counseling, or if you'd like more information about our annual conference in Jacksonville in just a few weeks, I want to invite you to visit us at biblicalcounseling.com.